you're listening to an episode of the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast with your host, Kim Oliver. This is Kim, and welcome to the sixth season of our Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast. This is our 190th episode. If you like today's podcast, be sure to leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at Olver International. Today, I'm sharing a conversation I had with Teresa Greco, one of my certified mental freedom practitioners, where we interviewed each other about our collective experience with the ideas of mental freedom. This is part one. I will post part two next week, February 8th. February 8th. Teresa Greco is a happiness life coach and the host of the weekly internet TV and radio shows called The Steps to Happiness Show with Teresa Greco and The Happy Hour with Teresa Greco. She is a three times best-selling author, an international speaker, writer, and editor of a Canadian lifestyle magazine. Teresa is an educator and educational technologies consultant who is pursuing her PhD in transpersonal psychology and happiness. As a coach, Reiki master, and spiritual guide, she holds workshops and mentors others about embracing, honoring, and loving their true authentic selves and achieving their own personal happiness and fulfillment. I'm so grateful for the conversation we had and wanted to share it with you. This is Kim, and welcome to the sixth season of our Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast. This is our 190th episode. If you like today's podcast, be sure to leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at Olver International. Today, I'm sharing a conversation I had with Teresa Greco, one of my certified mental freedom practitioners, where we interviewed each other about our collective experience with the ideas of mental freedom. This is part one. I will post part two next week, February 8th. Teresa Greco is a happiness life coach and the host of the weekly internet TV and radio shows called The Steps to Happiness Show with Teresa Greco and The Happy Hour with Teresa Greco. She is a three times best-selling author, an international speaker, writer, and editor of a Canadian lifestyle magazine. Teresa is an educator and educational technologies consultant who is pursuing her PhD in transpersonal psychology and happiness. As a coach, Reiki master, and spiritual guide, she holds workshops and mentors others about embracing, honoring, and loving their true authentic selves and achieving their own personal happiness and fulfillment. I'm so grateful for the conversation we had and wanted to share it with you. Everyone, I'd love to introduce you to Kim Olver. She is our guest today on the Happy Hour. Welcome to the show, Kim. Thank you so much, Teresa. It's truly an honor to be here. Now, Kim, I haven't introduced you yet to the audience because I wanted you actually to do it for yourself. You are an incredible woman with a background that spans really across the globe with all of the experience and knowledge that you've had and all of that that really brought you to creating mental freedom. So if you could give us a better understanding of your awesomeness, that would be great. Okay, Teresa, I don't know about all the awesomeness, but here we go. 
You might remember it was probably two years ago, somewhere in that area. I was a guest on your show and I was talking about mental freedom. Then you gave me the opportunity. Back then it was just kind of an idea. So I want to thank you for that opportunity as well, but also for your involvement all along the way. I'll start by saying my background is in psychology and counseling. That's what I went to school for. And I was married with two sons and my husband passed away when he was only 37 and my boys were 13 and 15. I would say that that started my journey of mental freedom at that point because it was a real crisis point for me. My husband was the strict one in our house and I was the pushover mom. And being the pushover mom of two strong-willed teenage boys is not going to work to produce responsible adult males. So I had to learn some new parenting skills and develop some new thinking skills. And the thing that I always had since 1987, I was introduced to choice theory psychology by William Glasser. And I'd been teaching it and working with those concepts for a long time, at least a decade by the time that my husband passed away. And I had many points in my life where things would happen where I needed to fall back and rely on choice theory. I already mentioned my husband's illness and death. He was sick for five years and then raising those boys by myself. And then my youngest child decided to go to Iraq and join the army, which was probably one of the hardest things I've ever dealt with. He got back from there and decided to go again. He volunteered to go the second time. And then the most recent thing I would say was in 2014, when I was in a hot air balloon accident and broke both my legs and had to be in a wheelchair for several months. And then, of course, we all experienced the pandemic. And it was the pandemic where I finally had the time to reflect on how I'd used choice theory in my life, what I'd learned in this lifelong journey of using these principles. And that's where I created mental freedom from. You can learn choice theory, and a lot of people know choice theory, and it's a heady intellectual knowledge. The magic of choice theory is when you start to actually live it, but there's not instruction really about how to live it. And that's what I wanted to create Mental Freedom to do, is to teach people how to put these amazing ideas into practice in their life, to live without the drama and without the misery that we tend to self-create for ourselves. There's going to be enough misery that we don't self-create because things are going to happen to us that we don't want to happen, but we'll be able to manage them so much better if we understand and are using mental freedom. That's where I was coming from. And for me, I say, thank God for the pandemic, not that it didn't bring all these horrible things. And many people suffered deeply through the pandemic, and I'm not making light of that. It was horrific. But for me personally, it gave me the space and the room I needed to really think about the creation of mental freedom because otherwise my life was just, okay, what's the next thing I have to do? And the next thing I have to do, and I was just on a hamster wheel doing all things that I loved. It was all good stuff, but it just didn't allow for a lot of self-reflection. So it was critical to the development of mental freedom. I'll share a little bit about how I got involved then with mental freedom. That would be great. 
As you mentioned, two years prior, you and I had connected. You were a guest on the other show that I have, just called The Steps to Happiness. And you had introduced mental freedom, which at that point intrigued me because you mentioned that it was a program that was really designed to deal with what I call the blocks to our happiness. That things happen to us on a day-to-day basis, as well as things that we bring along with us from the past that really does take away our mental freedom. At the core of who we are, we are love, peace, and happiness. And then the world seems to get its claws into us and then pulls us away from all that. It is really about how do we realign ourselves with that love, peace, and happiness again. We are not taught or given the tools that we need to realign ourselves, that a lot of us are going around with not a lot of emotional intelligence. Things happen to us. We don't even know how to process what's going on, never mind outside of ourselves, but just within ourselves. And we don't have the tools that we need to be able to do that. What I love about your program is that it really does, in just six weeks, give people the tools they need in order to help themselves. And that if we think about even the word mental freedom, so I would love to find out why you decided to call it that, because I think that that is also such a great reflection of what your program provides for people. I'll answer, first of all, about not having the tools. It's true. And I'm not trying to bash the counseling community because I happen to be part of that community. And I think that counselors are amazing people who do good work with people. But we have been trained to believe that when we have emotional distress, that we need a professional to help us through it. And in essence, we do because we don't have the tools. Like you say, I call it information. We don't have the information we need to be able to DIY our own emotional distress, but we certainly could with the information. So that's part of what mental freedom was about, is to give people the tools they need to manage whatever distress they're going through, and in some cases, even prevent the distress from happening in the first place. Certainly to process it after the fact. So it's kind of a before, during, and after process. I have total faith that the vast majority of people in this world could handle their own psychological, emotional challenges if they had the information in mental freedom. It's not only possible, but I think it just makes sense to do that. And I'm not trying to put counselors out of business because there will always be people who want professional help and who want to have someone who can be their guide we even do that in mental freedom. We'll give you the information, but maybe you want a guide to help you through your own specific challenges. Maybe the general information wasn't enough to help you get over that hurdle. And the second question, I didn't mention in my introduction that I had the honor of being asked if I would be the executive director of William Glasser International in 2010. And I started to do that in 2010, and I just stopped in 2023. So it was 13 years that I was working with William Glasser International. I was able to see some of the challenges that Dr. Glasser had in getting his work out into the general public. One of the things that prevented it, I think, is the name he used. I don't think there's many people sitting around their houses or their jobs with their families who are saying, man, I need some more choice theory in my life. 
but I think there's a lot of people who would wish to have more mental freedom in theirs. So I wanted to have a name that was household language that would have people saying, yes, that's what I need, mental freedom. That's where the name came from, trying to make it a household word, not something esoteric. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For me, when I think of mental freedom, I think of peace, our return to peace and protecting our peace, that when things happen to us, how do we come back to that place of peace that we are? How do we protect our peace when we're in environments that may be, again, drawing us away? What resonated very much with me, which is why I decided to become one of your certified practitioners, is about giving people the steps they need to help themselves. That my own personal journey that I've been on my happiness one for over 10 years, and I have encountered and work with different practitioners, but always also on the basis of them delivering some information, some knowledge, and then me doing the work. So EFT, for example, that was something that was like, oh, what's this all about? about. Luckily, Nick Ortner wrote a book, step by step, you're able to do it on your own. And you're able to process what's going on by using the tools to get yourself to a better place. And so mental freedom for me is exactly that giving people the tools they need to be able to go inward and really address the things that you know within yourself that you don't have to divulge to someone else unless you want to. But a lot of the pain that I was going through, I didn't feel comfortable talking about it, especially in the very beginning. I had gone into a very deep and dark hole where I didn't think anyone would even understand what it is that I had to say. A lot of the tools that I use allowed me to work on and to work through the things that were painful for me. I love mental freedom for that, which is why I have incorporated it as one of the two toolkits that I have under my umbrella. That one of them is the toolkit that helps us to work through the blocks that are preventing our happiness. And then the other side is what are the tools that we can incorporate that can connect us to that place of happiness. So for me, happiness is like a two-sided coin. One side is what could be blocking you from feeling the happiness that you are. And the other side is how much time are you spending connecting to that place of happiness inside you. So you also need to know what those tools are that can help you to realign. Both of those two programs really complement each other. I am sure that they do. And I also, from what you were just saying, I wanted to make two points. The first one is just because you know mental freedom doesn't mean that you're never going to be out of balance again. Life is going to come and it can knock us down, but we're not going to stay down. And that's the thing. I think we both used the same analogy at one point where we said it helps you write your ship faster than you would ever be able to do it without. That's one thing. The second thing is when I first created Mental Freedom, I know you have some understanding of marketing like I do because we're people who help other people. We're not marketers, but we also need to get the word out. So we know some about marketing. And one of the things that you learn about marketing is when you have a new offering, who are you offering it to? You can't offer it to everyone because then no one will find out about it. You have to know who you think this program is for. 
And the very people I developed it for were people like you, Teresa, professional women. This is what was my initial target group, professional women who are seen as people that are all together with all the answers. Other people come to them to get answers, but they have some things that they can't talk to anybody about because how could they say that this all together answer person also has some questions or also has some struggles? So they hide it. Mental freedom is the kind of thing where you never have to tell me what your problem is. Of course, you could get more specific, individualized information if you share it, but you don't have to. You can just take the general principles and apply them towards whatever problem you have. And I can almost guarantee that it's going to get better. I only say almost because if you don't have a clear understanding of how to apply it, you might not be applying it right, but it will help you if you learn it and put it to use. Better if you share the problem, but you never have to. And that's something I don't know that you'll ever have a counselor tell you that. You come to me, I can help you whether you tell me what's wrong or not. Mm. But I really believe it. I know I have worked with people who did not want to share and it's okay. They got benefit. Mm -hmm. And that's the other component to your program is that it's psychoeducational. That for me as an educator, as my background, that I love to teach and I love to teach tech but I also would love to talk more about and share more about the health and well-being practices and tools that we can integrate to live our happiest life. The fact that it's delivered in the psychoeducational way, if you could explain a little bit more about what that is and why you decided to do it in that fashion. Because what we said in the beginning, the reason people aren't able to write their ship is because they don't have the information. And so you want to give them the information and then help them personalize it and apply it. That's the method that I wanted to use. There are six tools or principles, and each one of them is delivered in one session. So in six sessions, you can get the fullness of the Mental Freedom Program. I start each session by checking on how they did with application from the last session. Then I teach the material for the session that we're in, and then I'll ask how they're going to apply it in the time between our next sessions. That's the structure of it. And the reason I did it that way is because people need the information before they can apply it. So that means it has to be educational. I have to teach. And then I want to process. Coaches and counselors alike use this program, and the information doesn't change. The curriculum is the same for coaches and counselors. But the processing afterwards would be different. If you're with a counselor, the counselor should be talking about how did you get here? What is it from your history that brought you to this place? How are you feeling about this information? A coach, on the other hand, would be looking at where are you now? Where do you want to go to? And what are the steps to getting you there? This information can be processed in a counseling way or a coaching way. It just depends on what your background is and what you're trying to do with that particular client. Mm -hmm. And I love that in just six weeks, people have all the tools they need to be able to apply to any situation, whether it's something from the past, whether it's something that's happening now, or whether it's something that they're projecting into the future. How is it that you've been able to do this? 
it's been proven that you have certified practitioners around the world that work with a variety of different people in a variety of different spaces. And yet all of us are saying the same thing, that it doesn't matter what the situation is, what the problem is, what is taking your mental freedom, that these tools that you've been able to put together in just six weeks is able to be applied to anything that comes your way. I say anything so far because we haven't found the thing that it hasn't applied to. I had one woman come to me for help with her job. She was very unhappy with her job, so much so that she was kind of borderline eating disorder because of the lack of control she felt she had over this job and her ability to leave it. We started off with mental freedom. I thought she was applying it to her job in her mind as we went through it, and that's where it started. But over time, what we learned was amazing because it really wasn't the job itself. It was the fact that her husband didn't want her to leave and really wasn't hearing her when she said, I don't know if I can do this anymore. To be fair to him, she wasn't communicating that very effectively. The idea is you might think you have one problem. And when you start applying the mental freedom principles, you realize, well, there are some other things in my life I might need to be looking at. It's not the thing that I thought it was. That's where the most acute pain was. But you'll discover that it may be something else. And you may even discover, I think, it hasn't been around long enough yet, Teresa, but I think going through the mental freedom sessions or going through the workbook maybe once a year would be really helpful because you might work on a problem in 2023 and in 2024, if you go through it again, you might say, oh, you know, there's this thing that I might be able to use this on. It has lifetime application. It's not like a once and done thing. You learn it. You incorporate it, you personalize it, and then it becomes your compass for the rest of your life until something better comes along. Yeah. It's been helpful. You said the people that I pulled together. Yeah, I was so lucky about being the director of William Glasser International because I've made contacts and friendships with people literally around the globe in a lot of different settings. So the people who came forward to help me with the research, they were from many different countries working with many different populations. We had people working with formerly incarcerated individuals. We had people working with domestic violence. We had people working in the medical profession, people working in private practice. We had a group of people who are working in drug and alcohol. And the results that they were reporting, they were amazed because they'd been in this field for some people for decades. And they say, I've never seen people get better so quickly. And I just feel so good about it. And I don't feel like I'm bragging here because it's really solidly based in choice theory. I'm just expanding the information and the tools that William Glasser gave to me. One of the things William Glasser did when I worked with him, it was the most exciting and equally frustrating thing to work with a theorist who was still living because every year we'd go to his conferences and he'd have new information for us to devour. You feel like, man, I just got caught up from last year and now you're giving me something new. There was never a time to sit back and just bask in the glory of what we knew because there was always more to know. I feel like this does exactly what Glasser would have done himself if he were still with us, is he'd be stretching what he presented. And this is my stretch of choice theory, mental freedom. I couldn't be more excited about it. 
What I love about what you just said is that the program is all based in science. That's important for people to know that it's not just something that came out of from left field, that it was based on all of this research that was all part of choice theory and that you gave a very practical spin to that could be applied to people that are going through a variety of different challenges and hardships in their life. From the very extreme with people in jail to those that were university students where you also delivered it. So it is really spanning the full gamut of age groups as well, as well as situations. And to still to think that it's so succinct that in just the six tools, I have a cheat sheet that you gave me that has all of the six tools on it. And after the program, it's like a one pager that you can carry with you and refer back to. So something's taking your mental freedom, your peace away from that day, whether it was something that happened on the road as you were driving to work or a disagreement that you had with somebody. There's just been so many situations that happen on a day-to-day basis that sometimes are bigger, but sometimes it's just the small little things that happen to piss you off that day. And that you can look at the one pager and say, okay, which tool can I use here to be able to bring me back to a place of peace? They really are that. If I may, I wanted to share one of the tools. It's week two, the unconditional trust challenge. This particular tool can be a little bit tricky for people. Because one, we're unconditionally trusting them (laughs) to do what they need to do to fulfill whatever need it is that they need to fill. Maybe if you could share a little bit more about this particular week's tool, and then I can share why some of people that I've worked with, why they found it a little bit tricky. I would love that. I know it can be tricky because I use the word trust in an unconventional way. Conventionally, when someone says, I trust you, If we boil that down, what they're really saying is, I trust you to be the person I think you are in my head or the person I want you to be in my head. If you've ever been the parent of a teenager that you left home for the weekend or overnight because you were going away, you'll say, now I'm going to trust you to do the right thing while I'm gone. I don't know too many teenagers who are always going to choose the right thing when their parents aren't watching. I know I didn't as a teenager. I still remember some of the things that I did. You're not really trusting when you say that. It's almost like you're putting the guilt on them. I'm trusting you, so you better not let me down. That's just one example. With teenagers, we do it with our life partners, too. We trust them to be a particular way. We trust them to fulfill promises that they made to us. And people want to do those things, but there is this sticky, messy thing called life that sometimes gets in our way that causes us to reorder our priorities in any given moment. Instead of trusting people to be who you want them to be, you will become much more mentally free when you learn to trust people to do this one thing that I know every single one of them is going to do. And that is every single person in any given moment is doing the best they can to get what they want in that moment. That may frustrate you because it's not what you want them to want. It's not a good thing. You're not trusting them to be a good person. You're trusting them to do their best in that moment to get what they want. 
What happens when you do that is you gain a lot of clarity. Clarity and unconditional trust challenge go hand in hand because now you have the clarity to see what they wanted in that moment. And you also get to see the best behavior they had to get it. Now that you can see that, you're not trying to change them. You're trying to accept, okay, this is who they are. This is what they wanted. Now you, and this goes back to the first one about responsibility, you have the responsibility to decide what, if any, changes you want to make to your relationship with this person based on your newfound clarity. The decision you make is totally your responsibility. But aside from that, What I hope happens when you accept this unconditional trust challenge, you can stop judging other people for the things they do. You can start to develop some compassion, like, wow, you must have really wanted that thing, whatever it is. And you might even be sad that that was the best behavior they had to get it. But you develop this compassion that can lead to forgiveness. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and remember to leave a review and share with your connections on social media. I also hope you'll join me next week when we'll be continuing our conversation about mental freedom. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at lifeequalschoices.com or listen wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, remember to subscribe.